podcast where I explore Christian theology and practice for the building up of God's family. My name is Joel Lapierre, high school director at LBC. And I'm Josh White, the pastoral coordinator here at LBC. Today we are going to discuss the topic of spiritual gifts. We went over spiritual gifts in 1 Corinthians, and our pastors have done a wonderful job explaining the text. But we'd love to go a little deeper into spiritual gifts. So to teach us a little more on this topic, we have invited Pastor Roger on the podcast. So thank you, Roger, for being here with us today. Hey, my joy. Awesome. Before we dive in, let's uh, let's do some some history, a little history lesson I for love us. love history. Just so we can get to know Pastor Roger a little bit better. Yeah. Okay, so if I got this right, let's see, Roger, you became the senior pastor here at LBC in 1989. Yes, November right? of 89. Awesome. And then, okay, so after that, in 2009, you retired and became an interim pastor in Modesto, Fresno, and then in Prescott, Arizona. Correct. Awesome. And then God blessed us by bringing you back here in 2018 as an associate pastor. You bet. Awesome. (laughs) There's history with Roger. (laughs) Awesome. Well, hey, I actually, I have a little confessional for you, Roger. I really, uh, when I was young, I didn't actually appreciate your preaching all that much. Oh, you're not alone. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I, well, I, I just didn't like take it seriously and I fell asleep a lot, you know, and I would draw on the bulletins, you know, what every kid does. But there was, um, there was this time when you came back, um, to preach, I think it was like 2012, 2013, um, just between going, I think from uh, like Fresno to Prescott. Um, and I think I was about 20 years old and I remember sitting in the pews next to my parents. And when you were preaching, I remember just looking over at my parents going, Oh man, I was missing out. And my, my dad was like, yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> and, but anyway, I just say that just because I'm, I'm very, now I appreciate your preaching and I'm just very thankful for all the ministry that um, you've been able to provide here at LBC. Just thank you. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Um, also, the, the last thing I wanted to point out before we get started is I think several weeks ago I heard you say, I think you went to like a, um, a reunion like a, for your seminary yes. and like you started uh, a, pastoring a church in Oregon in 1969. Yeah, January uh, of 69. Wow. So if I'm getting that right, if I can do math, uh, that's 50 years of ministry that you've been in, yeah, in pastoral I, ministry. I'm in my 51st year. Yeah, wow. That's awesome. Yeah, so that, just to put that in perspective, that is twice my life. Yeah. <laughs> and words, mine, too. In other words, I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wasn't trying, I was just trying to more appreciate the the amazing years, all the, all the years that you've uh, been in ministry. That's just awesome. So praise God for his work through you. Thank so. you. It's refreshing to see... Uh, your faithfulness in pastoral ministry as we live in a culture where, especially recently, we've seen so much unfaithfulness. So it's refreshing, and we're uh, so thankful for you. Yeah, and you're very much someone we look up to as we want to be in ministry just as long, you know? Um, And so thank you for that. It's really a huge um, uh, benefit to us to see that faithfulness. Mm, I appreciate that. Yeah. So, all right, first question. Can you give us a basic definition of spiritual gifts, and are there different kinds of gifts? Yeah, just a couple of preliminary thoughts on that. Uh, I, I, do, I derive my definition from the four texts that we have on spiritual gifts, Romans 12, 1 Corinthians 12 through 14, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, 1 Peter 4, 10 and 11. And... uh, What I've observed in three of the four passages particularly is an emphasis on grace. Uh, The word is charismata, from which we get 
the word gift. And uh, Romans 12, 6 says, we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. 1 Peter 4, each one has received a gift. Use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. And then 1 Corinthians 12, 7, uh, that grace is seen in that to each of us is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then verse 11 adds, those gifts are distributed as he wills, as the Spirit wills. So I would define a spiritual gift as a special ability or tool, or tool mix, if you will, which is probably the case with most of us. Mm -hmm. A spiritual gift is a tool mix which the Holy Spirit sovereignly gives to every born-again believer for the purpose of ministry to and building up the body of Christ, the church. So that's a, a spiritual gift. It's, it's a tool that God entrusts to each of us, the purpose being ministry, building up the body of Christ. A spiritual gift should not be confused with natural abilities. Yet I think God has designed them often to work together. When God created me, he created me with some natural abilities. When he recreated me in Christ when I was born again, he gave me some spiritual abilities, some spiritual tools, ministry tools. Uh, music is another good example. Music is, is a, a natural talent, a natural ability. When that is combined with the spiritual gift of service or leadership, uh, it's a wonderful blessing. Uh, and tool for the building up of the of the church. It is, yeah. Awesome. Now, now regarding different kinds of gifts, First uh, Peter four refers to serving gifts and speaking gifts. First uh, Corinthians puts an emphasis on what we traditionally call the sign gifts, miracles, healing, speaking in tongues, and that kind of thing which were particularly significant when the apostles and the prophets were laying the foundation of the church while the scriptures were being written. Mm-hmm. Uh, so serving gifts, speaking gifts, sign gifts. Ephesians 4, uh, I refer to four, four or five gifts there as uh, equipping gifts or leadership gifts, apostles, prophets, uh, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Mm-hmm. Their job description is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. What's the work of ministry? It's equipping the believers to most effectively use their giftedness. Mm-hmm. So certain gifts are given to encourage and strengthen the giftedness of others. Uh, Romans 12, I, I believe, lists seven different gifts, which I call core gifts, the core gifts of every well-balanced, effective church. Uh, you want uh, you, you want any more on that? or No, that's great. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Awesome, yeah. yeah. So now that you've kind of, we've talked about uh, some different kinds of gifts and kind of a basic definition uh, our next question would be kind of, I guess, to a deeper level. We've kind of talked about it a little bit, but why does God give us spiritual gifts as believers? 
Yeah, good question. Uh, when I refer to Ephesians 2.10, where it says that we, uh, which follows verses 8 and 9, logically, that we are saved by grace and not by works, lest any man should boast. So the emphasis there is saved by grace. Verse 10 follows, for we are his workmanship, God's workmanship, God's work of art, created in Christ Jesus for the purpose of good works, which, Paul says, God has prepared in advance for us to do. Now, it seems to me that if God prepared works in advance for us to do, and that he gifted us sovereignly to serve by grace, then a purpose of those gifts is to uh, seek out the mind and heart of God and do what he has preordained for us to do. Mm-hmm. So, but the, but the bottom line is, first, according to 1 Corinthians 12, 7, uh, it's, gifts are given for the common good, the good of the body. Romans 12, the emphasis is that they are to be used for, for what? For the body. First uh, Peter 4, speaking gifts, serving gifts are for, to be used in serving the body. And so the purpose, bottom line purpose of spiritual gifts is not self-focus or self-edification, but body edification body building up, church building up. Uh, that's how I see it. Awesome. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Yeah, one uh, one thing, one passage that I really love is 2 Corinthians, I think it's 2 Corinthians 5, where Paul speaks of the way that um, God has entrusted us with the ministry of reconciliation through his son. Um, and I love that passage so much probably just because uh just knowing that god is all powerful he could have spread the gospel any way that he wanted to he didn't he doesn't need us to do ministry for him but rather in his love and in his grace for us he really allows us to partner with him and to do the things that he's like you said created us to do beforehand and so what a blessing it is that while we do that ministry, while we are entrusted with the ministry of reconciliation, that he would give us gifts to help accomplish what he has purposed for us. Yeah, and how that ministry of reconciliation would look uh, would vary from person to person depending on their wiring, yeah. their giftedness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, obviously, evangelists are very effective in the ministry of reconciliation. Most of the people that I have seen come to the Lord uh, came uh, to the Lord during teaching mm-hmm. uh, in morning worship services. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So God uses a, a variety of ways in, in accomplishing the ministry of reconciliation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Awesome. So uh, first, in 1 Corinthians 12 and 13, it talks about gifts and uh, and then 13 it talks about love and at the end of um, chapter 12 i think it talks about this more excellent way um, that paul's speaking about why is love and i believe if I, I think i'm getting this right but why is love a more excellent way and how is that tied to spiritual gifts yeah the the full verse at the conclusion of chapter 12 says but earnestly desired the higher gifts 
And then he says, but I will show you a still more excellent way. Uh, I frankly struggled with that verse for a while because it seemed to communicate uh, desire, pursue, pray for certain spiritual gifts, which seemed to contradict with earlier truth in the chapter about God has already distributed gifts as he wills to each of us. Yeah. And then in, in further study of that, I, I learned that an alternate translation or verse 31 could be, you are desiring the higher gifts. Mm. Another, uh, and, and their idea of higher seemed to be, in light of the context, uh, the, the more spectacular, the more public uh, gifts, uh, prophecy, mm. uh, healings, uh, miracles, speaking in tongues. Matter of fact, the last few verses of chapter 12 said, you know, Paul asked the questions, do all have, do all speak in tongues? Do all perform miracles? Implying that those were the higher gifts that they were seeking, mm. desiring. Yeah. So, so Paul says, uh, you know, that's how you may view those gifts, but let me show you something that's even more important. And that important importance has to do with love. Uh, the fact that they desired these gifts in the way they apparently did shows that their motive was not love for the congregation, for the people, but self-promotion or adoration from the congregation. So in the first three verses of chapter 13, Paul takes a few of these, quote, higher gifts and uh, emphatically communicates that the exercise of those gifts without love are really worthless. Uh, and he takes the gift, uh, verse 1, the gift of tongues, tongues without love. Uh, it's a noisy gang, a, a gong or mm -hmm. clanging cymbal. The gift of prophecy, the gift of knowledge, the gift of faith without love are of no value to the body without love. And then verse 3, the gift of giving everything I have, even my own body as a martyr. If, if, I, if that's all done without love, it, it, Paul says, I gain nothing. I gain hmm. nothing of value. I am giving nothing of value to the body. Both the spiritual gifts of grace and the spiritual fruit of love are designed to minister to people. But if the motive in expressing my gifts is self-satisfaction or self-promotion, I am demonstrating that I am not producing the fruit of love. And therefore, the gifts that I'm pretty proud about are really no value to the church. Gifts without fruit are worthless. Therefore, love must be the dominated, dominating, motivating force as I exercise my gifts. So essentially, you know, we're wasting our time if we're using our gifts, but it's not done with the purpose of loving others. Correct. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. So next question going from that, um, how do believers find or pursue their spiritual gifting? 
Yeah, and that's an important question because I, I think a lot of believers don't have a clue regarding how they might be wired, and some of them think, well, I have to put a label on it, but that's not necessarily true. I, I, I would summarize my answer to that question. You find, you pursue your spiritual gifting with three, let me summarize it with three expressions. Lovingly serve wherever opportunity presents itself, wisely evaluate, and thirdly, consistently develop. So let me expand on that a little bit, if I may. Lovingly serve. Uh, may I suggest that you start with the one another's of the New Testament? There are about 25 of them listed throughout the New Testament, and they are all expressions of love. I love my brothers by doing these one another's. So that's a, that's a great place to start. And as you engage in that kind of obedience, uh, evaluate where your desires and inclinations are, are leaning. And you might be getting a clue where your strength, where your giftedness lies. And then as you're engaged in that one anothering, also get acquainted with from the scriptures with the gifts that are listed. And perhaps uh, certain ones uh, of those gifts will emerge in your thinking as lining up with your inclinations and desires. Hmm. While that is developing, be alert to the needs that you see or hear about in the church. If, If... uh, if you see in the bulletin or hear an announcement, boy, we could sure use some more greeters or ushers. Give it a try. Mm-hmm. Or if you say, boy, we could use some help in the children's ministry, and you've never worked with children before, before you say, no, that's not my area, give it a try. Mm-hmm. Give it a try, because it's through trial and error that we discern. Uh, and also, as you're evaluating, uh, get feedback. Sometimes it comes naturally. Sometimes you got to ask for it. <laughs> yeah. You know, ask for feedback from trusted friends uh, and listen to what people say to you. I remember when I was in seminary, I started seminary with really. A horrible self-image. Could not see myself in front of people speaking. But my pastor, Ridley Latimer, uh, pastor of a church I was attending the first couple years of seminary, he saw something in me. And he said, Roger, would would you preach on Sunday nights for me for a while? You know, and wow. and so I I said okay, but man, was I nervous? <laughs> yeah, I, I admittedly didn't enjoy it at first, but through his encouragement and his affirmation, Roger, you're going to be a great preacher someday. Hmm. You know, I I kept plugging away and I kept developing in that area, and uh, he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. So so listen to what people say. Yeah. 
Uh, and then also, if you're getting a lot of affirmation, particularly if it's a public-type ministry, evaluate your motives. Am I serving in this area because, man, I'm getting a lot of admiration from others? <laughs> yeah. Or is it because my heart is truly developing as far as loving these people and caring for these people? Also, I would encourage you to evaluate your sense of joy and fulfillment. If you're miserable and unfulfilled doing a ministry, an area of service, uh, something's not right. Yeah. And uh, so think that through. And then I would add that if you are sensing that God has gifted you in such and such an area, develop that potential by uh, reading, uh, practicing, uh, talking with people who obviously have that area of giftedness, uh, etc. And then the last thing I would say is don't worry about putting a label on your gift or gift mix. Most of us are probably mixes of this and this and this. Yeah. So I would say what's important is the, f- the first three things I mentioned. Lovingly serve in all kinds of areas of opportunity. Secondly, wisely evaluate and thirdly, consistently develop your inclinations. Yeah, yeah. I really resonate with um, just saying that we need to pursue it and basically just dive in to it. Uh, kind of my story, for me, the way I kind of developed is when I became a Christian at 19, um, I just started to tell people about Jesus. You know, no real plan of like discovering a gift or anything, but as I told people about Jesus when I worked at Lowe's Hardware Store, People started to call me Pastor Joel, you know, just because I started to grow a reputation. And they're like, hey, you're really great at teaching about, you know, the Bible. It's like, oh, and they're like, maybe you should be a pastor. And that was just, I think that was unbelievers saying that kind of stuff to me. And so, you know, I went to Pastor Eric and I said, I think I want to be a pastor, but I have no clue. And he's like, okay. So immediately just dived into youth ministry. And, you know, there's there's ups and downs with that because there's definitely times where it was setbacks where it's like, yeah. Oh, I don't know if I can really teach. You know, I'm really scared to be in front of people, and yeah. it's like, okay, well, let's develop that. Let's work on that. And um, but I think one defining thing for me, and I think that's helpful for people to know, is uh, especially what are you passionate about? Because like that, that is important. I really do think. Right. Um, and that was something that drove me through the times where I didn't feel like I should be. Uh, in youth ministry, or I should be in pastoral ministry. Yeah. But what drove me was my passion. I care deeply about people and loving people and caring for people. So that's what kind of brought me through those the struggles when it's like, I, I'm not sure if I'm really the greatest teacher or, you know, the, the smartest person in the room or, you know, stuff, stuff like that, that can give you setbacks, but that passion helps a yeah. lot. Wonderful. Yeah, I can resonate with that too, in the sense that uh, when I was in high school, I hated public speaking so much. Um, And I would, even to the point where when I would speak in front of people, my face would be just like completely red just because I just, (laughs) and I was sweating and I would just, I just did not like being in front of people at all. And so I never would have thought that God would have called me to something where I would often be speaking 
in front yeah. of people. But as I got, you know, into high school and Pastor Eric really was intentional and in the way that he just discipled me and encouraged me and he uh, he really encouraged me. I, I served on the worship team in high school and he really encouraged me to do more of the kind of devotional aspects of a worship leader. And so sharing from the word when I would lead worship and kind of explaining why we were singing the song and what it says about God. And so I can resonate with that in the sense that I never thought God would call me to a ministry like this, but in his faithfulness, he he provided the right opportunities and he provided the right people to help develop those skills along with the right passion as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing I would add too, with just with practicality with the church, with trying to find your your spiritual gifting, is that we can't we have so many different needs here at the church for volunteers because there's so many different ministries. And the reality is that we can't always promote volunteer needs in the form of announcements. And so I think one thing to keep in mind as, you know, you listeners think about your spiritual gifting and where you could serve is also just being intentional and asking those of us on staff, hey, what needs do you have? Where um, could I serve? You know, what are some areas that you could plug me into? Just because we can't always announce every single opportunity or need from the announcement. So that's something to keep in mind as well too. Yeah. Very true. All right. A couple questions left. What is your opinion of spiritual gift tests? In summary, determinative, no. (laughs) Affirming, possibly. And what I mean by that is if, if you're not involved in, in ministry, and you haven't been involved in any kind of service, uh, and don't have a clue yet what your ministry gift is, an inventory won't be of much help. Because an inventory, the, the inventory questions or statements are based upon one's experience. As you look back, I've experienced this, and I respond this way. Yeah. Uh, However, if you are quite involved and you have some inclinations, you have some thoughts about, yeah, I think this is my area of giftedness, uh, a, a spiritual gift inventory could be affirming or confirming, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, what, what you think regarding how God has wired you. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so in general, kind of what I'm hearing for that is I think a lot of people will lean on spiritual gift tests to like tell them this is your what your spiritual gift gifts are which you really can't like I just think about how many tests there are out there right now even for like personality tests and stuff like that and those things are great and they're fun to take you know but as believers we can't just necessarily trust that something like that is going to tell us exactly the ways in which the spirit has gifted oh, yeah. us. Now, nowadays, I don't even trust them at all because uh, when I take them, I know which question is leading to what gift. So I'm like, oh, I just really want to be the best teacher ever. Like, just tell me I'm like so highly rated and get in the gift of te- uh, teaching. So like, you know, you just know each one by that if you've taken them many times, which I have. So um, yeah, it's definitely not going to determine if you're not, um, involved at all in, in ministry. And so, but it can be helpful, I think, to help it affirm, um, you know, when you yeah. actually are a part yeah. of ministry. So, yeah, I wouldn't, 
I certainly wouldn't put them on the level of Scripture. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely not. They're and, a tool yeah. that may be helpful. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And definitely not higher than the body affirming, you That's know, right. having an, a, a fellow believer or a pastor affirm those giftings in you. So, And you really shouldn't even necessarily start there either to try to find your spiritual no. gifts. Probably you really no, should yeah. start by... Now, what are the needs of the church? How can I serve? Yeah. You yeah. know? Exactly. Get involved, evaluate, and develop. Yeah. All right. So last question. Pretty simple one, though. So uh, do you have any resources uh, that you would maybe suggest for our listeners if they wanted to read a book on spiritual gifts or anything like that? Yeah, uh, not really. Sure. Uh, in my in the last time I taught on uh, spiritual gifts, it was a move class, and uh, part of the class involved going through a book by Eric Reese called okay. entitled Shape, S H A P E, which was an acronym uh, for five areas of uh, life: S being spiritual gifts, H being your heart, where's your passion abilities, what are your natural abilities, P, what's your personality, are you extrovertish or introvertish, and E, experiences, what are some experiences, painful as well as rewarding, uh, that, that are shaping you. And those five things, when put to, the book does a good job of putting those five things together in, in a package that helps one discern how he indeed might be uh, wired, if you will, for, for service. So that's, that's one book. I've read several articles uh, in the past, most of which are out of print now, <laughs> but I, I understand there is some really good stuff online these days, and uh, you guys might be more aware of that than... <laughs> yeah, Gospel idea. Coalition usually has some good stuff, and Desiring.org. Yeah, DesiringGod.org. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Great. Well, Roger, it's been a real joy for us to just learn about more about spiritual gifts from you. So thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you. Awesome. All right, Josh, before we go, do we have any events coming up? Yeah, we have some exciting stuff coming up. So uh, this week, actually, is the start of Summer One. And so Summer One is... An opportunity for us as a church. Usually we have uh, two services on Sundays, but in the summer, starting in June, we only do one service, which is at 10 a.m. So again, one service, 10 a.m. That starts this Sunday. This Sunday, and that's it's just honestly an awesome opportunity for um, everyone to be at one service, and the service is nice and full, and you get to see people that you don't you know, necessarily normally see if you normally come to first service or if you normally come to second service. So we love summer one and we're super excited for that starting this Sunday. So make sure you come at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Second thing we have coming up is Father's Day. We got Father's Day coming up in a couple weekends. And uh, that morning after church, there is going to be a lunch provided for fathers and for their Barbecue, families. Right? I actually, I'm not sure actually what it is. The last oh. time I talked to Pastor Andy, he said they were still trying to figure out what the food was going to be. You know, Father's Day, it's, it's probably going to be barbecue. Maybe, you hopefully. Know, yeah. <laughs> For those men, right? Yeah, so just to appreciate those fathers and all the hard work that they put in, there'll be a lunch 
afterwards. So make sure you stay and hang around for that. Great. You have been listening to the LBC podcast at Podcast of Oregon Bible Church in Bakersfield, California. If you like listening to this podcast, please share with a friend and hit the subscribe button to stay up to date on all new podcasts. Thank you for listening in and God bless you. We'll see you next time.